0: God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Amen. So so I think it's important for us to recognize when we talk about the love of God and how everything God has done toward us is from a place of love, uh, we must recognize that we have our own Uh, responsibility to do those things that are available to us to help ourselves. I know some people believe it's it's Jesus everything, me nothing. Jesus paid it all, and for us some people actually say this for us to think that we can do anything is just foolishness. Well that may be a popular saying but the scripture is very clear. We have a very significant responsibility for us to receive what God has planned for us. The promises of God have stipulations. If you will, God will. And by implication, if you don't, God won't. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should should. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. No one should be lost, but we know Jesus made it very clear that straight and narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. But broad is the way, broad is the gate uh, that leadeth to destruction, and many go thereat. I it's finding, it's, it's that that obeying, that, that internal desire to say, I want to please God. I want to do God's will. And it is that us hearing and responding to the draw, the call, uh, the voice of God that would cause us to separate ourselves from ourselves and pursue the Lord and and say no to ourselves. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, And patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So the love of God is spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So I, I, want, I want you to connect this scripture to what we just read. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I believe that we, when we engage our faith, we engage our heart, we engage our, our, our voice in the process of praying in the Spirit... When we pray in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost is working on the inside of us. How many of you know, when you've prayed in the Spirit, you feel something? And when you're praying in the Spirit, the Scripture says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And so when we pray in the Spirit, there is something internally moving. And, And I would say to you, it is the love of God that is moving, cleaning rearranging, and it is filling, covering our heart with love because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. And so it is very important for us to recognize just because I was six years old, I remember, I'll never forget, uh, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost as a little child. I remember. I If the building stood still stood, I could take you to the place. Now there's a parking lot. People park to go to the Dallas Cowboy football games. But (laughs) on that parking lot, there used to be a building that was a church. And I received the Holy Ghost at a very young age, six years old. And since but if I had not received, I had not been filled, if I had not prayed, if I have not allowed the Spirit of God to pray and to work and to move and to lead and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Since I was six years old, I would say to you that I have not enjoyed the benefit that God has made available to me. My, my neighbors, uh, when I'm pulling out of my, uh, I live at the end of a cul-de-sac and when you Uh, my cul-de-sac street hits a dead-end street. So we have really no traffic. And then I pull it out and I I hit a very main road called Trailwood and that dead-ends into Trailwood. And there's two trees. They have taken some some type of shiny metal, I can't think of the word, Uh, tin, there we go. They've taken ten and they've wrapped it around the base of two trees. There's trees standing right beside each other, and I was like, "Why would you do that to two trees?" And someone explained to me they're trying to keep the squirrels out of the fruit because the squirrels will eat the fruit, and so they're they're trying to preserve the fruit, and so they're 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 making some defensive measures. I don't know that it'll stop a the squirrels, because the trees are close to the roof, and those squirrels are smart. If you've not seen uh, Mark Rober's videos, I recommend them. Uh, but, but if they didn't do something to preserve that fruit, those squirrels are going to spoil that fruit. And we experience that same uh, gravity, the elements that would desire to steal our fruit, spoil our fruit, uh, infect our fruit, and, and so on an even greater level, we have to recognize we have a personal responsibility to curate, to, to, to protect, to be sure that what the Lord is trying to do in us is not messed up by the elements and the pests and the things that would try to take that from us. Everybody say Holy Ghost. You know, this this series, this is the seventh week, I believe. And uh, through this, we've talked about specifics, and we will talk about more specifics as we go along. But we have to recognize that when we really love Jesus, it is going to be manifested in visible, quantifiable, measurable ways. In 1 Corinthians chapter. Uh, well, Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Somebody want to read that for me? So the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom of God is not about uh, just fellowship. The kingdom of God is just not some physical uh, get-together with the people of God. And we're going to do that here in a little bit. If you haven't uh, got plans, I encourage you to come and eat some... Not bed bugs. Mud bugs. And uh, steak tonight's going to be good. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. How many of you want to have joy? Yeah. Everybody wants joy. But you don't get joy by pursuing joy. Yeah. You get joy by pursuing righteousness. Right. Righteousness is. When we're seeking after righteousness, what is is the, the, the payday of righteousness is peace. How many of you know that when you do wrong, your conscience is troubled? Everybody say, no peace. But when you try to do right, the benefit of doing right is you're like, I'm glad I did right. And when you have done right, you have peace, peace begets joy. Joy is ultimately what the Lord wants us to have, but you don't get joy by pursuing joy. You get joy by pursuing righteousness. Jesus said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 through 20. What? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and yet ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. Amen. I have quite a few scriptures here we're going to read. I may not get through them all. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Would somebody like to read? A few of those verses, 14 through 16. Brother Nate? Sister Megan? Which uh, 14 through 16. will be their God and they shall be my people. Amen. Sister Glory, you want to read the next verse seventeen, eighteen. Wherefore come out from among you and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, said faith the Lord. Saith the Lord. You know, uh the chapters sometimes mess up the flow, and this is a fine example. They they split the the chapter, but verse 7 and 1 speaks to what the Lord just said. I've said this before, that this is the only place in the New Testament it has an Old Testament feel. Paul is, is writing this as the Old Testament prophets wrote the prophecy. He says these things, thus saith the Lord, come out from among them, be ye separate, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Verse 1, having therefore these promises, what promises? He's going to be our Lord, we're going to be his sons and daughters. Having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I was talking to someone just yesterday. And they were talking about choosing a job. And uh, the person said to me, you know, I've heard about this particular place I could go to work. But I've heard they have a culture of drinking. Everybody drinks. Anybody ever worked somewhere where if you was gonna be in the in crowd, you had to go drink? I know much of my uh, secular career was in sales, and I know I missed a lot of business because I wouldn't go out on Friday or on business trips and go get drunk with all the fellas. But I'm a believer. And there are some things I just can't do because I desire fellowship with God and promotion from heaven more than fellowship with this world and promotion from the world. And I think that probably the thing that is missing out of the thought pattern of a lot of people that consider themselves believers is they lack a fear of God. People that call themselves believers today don't fear God because they have heard from the Joel Olsteins in the world that, you know what, be your best self. Follow your heart. Do as you think is right. Right? And you see what it's produced. It's produced a culture that is, it loves the Lord in word only, but so much of the culture has went To hell in a handbasket. And they've put their children in that basket. and, And their children don't even have a consciousness of God. Their grandparents may have been these high, holy, fasting, praying, godly people. But they have allowed everything to become so far removed from this spirit that was in the early church. And I can say, in my life, so much of the people I, uh, uh, my life has been around, they, they thought about, would Jesus do this? Does this please Jesus? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I believe that if we really want to please God, there's got to be some introspection. I was at Kroger this morning. Everybody that's working at Kroger today, they can't go to church this morning, right? And some people have, you know, for whatever reason, they they are working and they have, I want to say a legitimate excuse. I believe uh, sometimes your ox gets in the ditch, but if your ox is in the ditch every week, the ox is not the problem. Your priorities are the problem, right? But I I saw these two young people, and uh, I said, well, I'm sorry y'all don't get to go to church today. And one of them said, I was going to go to church this week, but I got on the schedule. And so I said, well, I'm going to give you a free sermon. And I didn't know what I was going to say to them. (laughs) But, you know, I felt it in my heart to say it. I told them, and the thing that I told them is, is the Lord loves you, and he wants to bless you. But the bottom line is, I can pray for you to be blessed, and you can say, "Oh God, bless me." But the thing that's more powerful than my prayer or your desire to be blessed is if you will do things that please God, God will bless you. And if you do things that don't please God, no amount of prayer can break the curse. Wow. And I think that 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 is that is uh, that is the root that must be what motivates us is I want to please God. Not just in those things people see me as, but to cleanse myself from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Because I know, I know, we've heard it said, you know, people can have an appearance of holiness, but they can be gossipers, backbiters, uh, hateful and bitter and evil. And if you've been around the church very long, we've met people. Sometimes those people were the, the eyeballs looking at ourselves in the mirror, right? We've all sometimes had a good show but wasn't quite doing as we should inside. Everybody say amen. All of us have been there. But the bottom line, just because there are people that look a certain way, do badly, doesn't mean that in our pursuit of doing right that we also should desire to be a witness Uh, both on the inside of ourselves, but also to be an example to others in the way and how they see us. Now, I've heard it said of baptism. Baptism is an outward show of an inward work. Anybody heard that? We We know baptism is more than an outward show than an inward work. We know that baptism, in the name of Jesus Christ is how our sins are washed away. Acts 2, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So baptism is how our sins are washed away. Peter said, 1 Peter says, baptism doth now save us. But there are some things that are an outward show of an inward work and holiness, a life of holiness is an outward show of an inward work. Some people say, well, I just want Jesus on the inside. Well, if you really have Jesus on the inside, it's going to affect everything that people see you from the outside. I, I, I know there was a buzzword there for a long time, come as you are, right? And I, I have that same philosophy I've had a people say, because, you know, they hear that we're Pentecostal, and they'll ask us, well, you know, th- does that mean I have to wear a dress? And i would like, no, you come as you are. We don't have people measuring. We don't have people with a, a dress code that you have to follow to walk in the door. Uh, everyone is called. If you're thirsty, come. But the bottom line is Jesus loves us too much to leave us the way he finds us right? And so I think it's important for us to understand God desires each of us to perfect holiness in the fear of God. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 through 7. Who would like to read that? You got it, Candace? Okay, I just want you to stop right there. I want us to see that together. Giving all diligence, add to your faith, what's it say? Virtue. What does that mean? How How do I add to my faith virtue? virtue? Now, I know some people say faith alone. Again, it's false doctrine. It's faith everything, right? It's faith everything. So if we add to our faith virtue, what, what does that mean? Nate, do you want to give me a, a quick answer? How can you, what, what would, what's that look like? Uh, not just faith, also virtue. And what's virtue? virtue is, uh, righteousness. righteousness. Anybody else? That's good. Anybody else want to give me a definition of what virtue is? Brother BJ? So if you have faith and you add to your faith virtue, it's doing right. That means that when you believe in Jesus, the thing you do next is begin to try to do things that are right. And when you do things that are right, not only do they help you, but they add virtue to you. Add to your faith virtue. Keep reading Okay, so, so you see that this is a summarization of what it means to be saved. We are always adding to our life. You're, it's, it's like when you get a house. If you're not working to keep it looking good in a short order, it will fall down. Right. I went to someone's house not long ago, and now since I've been to their house, I pass it, it's on trailwood. and And so it really stood out because I got out and I looked and they've got a a, a two-car garage, and it's got vines all over it. Uh, the, there's rot all around the bottom. and And I predict that garage is going to fall down because they're not doing anything to take care of that garage. Our world, your house, my car, if you don't do anything to take care of it, in time it will have no value, right? And how much more is it true when the Lord has done some wonderful things? We have to recognize that it is our privilege to add to our faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. How do you add ver- knowledge? To your virtue, brother Jacob. That's right. Study the Bible. Anybody else? Yeah. Well, that'd be more like virtue. So, how do you add knowledge to your virtue? Reading the Word. word. Listen Listen to your elders. Come to church. Go to Sunday school. Right? Study. Talk to people that have wisdom. Yes, sir? Don't take bread already had, I I we right, right. That's right. So add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. To knowledge you add uh, temperance. What's temperance? Self-control. Self-control. Temperance, patience. Oh, man, I don't want to talk about that. Patience, Godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness charities. Verse 8 through 10. Who would like to read that for me? <clears throat> for if these, things, these things be and abound, They make you that shall be barren or unfruitful in the of the Lord Jesus That's right. So if you are in this pursuit, you will be fruitful and, and, and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep reading. Shall never fall. Very good. Very good. I'm turning the page. Psalms 29 and verse 2 Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. You know, one of my favorite, I have a litany. You know, one of the good things about memorizing some of your favorite scriptures is scriptures can be a part of your daily devotion and prayer. And uh, for myself, and I, I recommend these scriptures because they seem to speak to our personal needs uh, i hear some of them create in me a clean heart O god and renew in me a right spirit let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight wash me with your spirit lord quicken me according to your word wash me with your spirit lord jesus help me god to to, to do the right things, to say the right things, to go to the right places, to, to reflect your goodness to me, to those that I might meet. It is this internal impulse to, to, to humbly repent and keep ourselves in submission. Amen. I want us to just Jude chapter 1, if you'll turn over and look at the first verse... But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want us to do that right now. In Jesus' name, Lord God, I want to be built up on my most holy faith. Lord God, I want you, oh God, to help me to keep myself in the love of God. Lord Jesus, I need your mercy, I need your grace, I need your help, and Lord Jesus, I need you, O oh God, to help me to do those things that would build your work up in my life. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I ask you today to help me, Lord God, to add to me, Lord, to add to my faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, Lord, Lord, I ask you today, Lord Jesus, I want to have, I want to be baptized with the spirit of holiness. That I may worship you in the spirit of holiness. The thing I wanted to to impress upon you in this lesson is that this pursuit that we are in, it is a spiritual, uh, it's a spiritual pursuit. The gifts of the Spirit are, are, are wonderful. Uh, uh, the gift of tongues, the gifts of healing, these are wonderful things. But the fruit of the Spirit, the thing that we'll, we will be known by, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And if we, we can check ourselves, or am I right with God by, by how I respond, how I react, how I treat other people starting with the people in my house, starting with the people I'm close to. Uh, uh, when, when, when the pressure's on, uh, the fruit is revealed. Amen. You put, you put pressure on an orange, the pressure, 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 what comes out? Orange juice, right? Uh, uh, you, an orange and a grapefruit can look very similar. But when the juice comes out, there, there's no doubt what grapefruit and an orange is, right? and And I think sometimes we can feel good about the fact that we have the outside looking good, but the fruit of the spirit is love. And the, you can't pro, you can't discipline the fruit of the spirit. Now we treat we teach our kids, don't be mean, say nice things, say yes, sir, no sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And we discipline ourselves, to try to be no, I'm trying to love you. Bless God. Help me, Jesus. We, we we try to to put we try to we try to act like a Christian, right? Well, I'm gonna turn the other cheek. But uh, you know what I'm saying? But the fruit of the spirit is love, and and love under pressure will show. And the only way you can respond like Jesus did is you're going to have to be full of the Holy Ghost. How can you be full of the Holy Ghost? you got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And if you come into a circumstance and you don't respond and you know I didn't do that right, <laughs> Jesus, forgive me. Brother Joe, forgive me. That That is a... You know, they used to have full-service gas stations. How many of you have ever went to a full-service gas station? I'm we'll check your ages. Oh, Brother Beach, I just, I don't know, how, where did you go to a full-service gas station? Clint, uh, be in car a really? Yep. In had no in car. How many of you have never been to a full-service gas station? <laughs> full-service gas station. Brother Alex, you, you've been to. Uh, uh, you worked at one. I know my dad did, and and I I only went a few times because it was more expensive, right? Uh, but but a few times they I know that they would say, well, you know, you're a little low on your oil, or a little low on your windshield wiper fluid, your brake fluid, right? right? And 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 whenever we hit difficult situations, that's like pulling up into a full service gas station. And you realize, oh, my love's low. <laughs> Lord, I, I need three quarts, <laughs> right? And that—that's one of the purposes of coming to church. Coming to church is not what living for God is about. Coming to church is the place where you get filled up, prayed up, repented, uh, taught. You get the Lord gives you. A knowledge, the preaching gives you knowledge, the teaching gives you knowledge, the fellowship gives you knowledge. But living for God doesn't happen in here. We worship God in here. Walking out the door, that's living for God. On your job, wherever you go out here, that's living for God. This, this is supposed to be uh, the gas station, the filling station, the MEA, if you will, so that God helps you helps you so that you can be who you need to be out there. And how we can be who we need to be, we need to to, to worship the Lord in the spirit of holiness. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. I know you've heard it said that grace is unmerited favor. But grace is more than unmerited favor. Look what grace is. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Look what grace does. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Verse 14, who gave himself, speaking of Jesus, that, that he might redeem us from all iniquity... And purify unto himself a peculiar people. What does it say? Yep. Zealous of good works. We're not saved by works, but we're saved that we would do good works. And Jesus will judge us based on our works. Amen. Holiness, living a holy life is our honor, holiness is a visible distinction. Holiness is our way of reflecting to the world of what is happening inside of us. Holiness is an outward show of an inward work. Brother Nate, do you have that graphic? How many of you know that when you get saved, the Lord saved you to be a priest to your family and a priest to your community? How many of you know that? We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood that should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Everybody say, I am a priest. Am a priest. In the Old Testament, the priest wore a crown. It was a golden crown. It was on his head. And engraved on this gaudy, visible one of the first things people would have looked at was this golden crown. And you know what was written on this golden crown? Holiness unto the Lord. And I believe that in the New Testament, what was visible is a spiritual reality that everywhere we go, there should be something about us that says, whew, They belong to Jesus. It's like like a golden crown on our head. The Bible says, And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I think it's very important for us to recognize holiness. I need holiness in my mind. Do you know where the war of holiness is waged these days? Everybody got one? Hold it up. Amen. How many of you want Jesus to look at your phone? You want Jesus to look at your history? You want Jesus to look at your TikTok? Come on, somebody. You want Jesus to look at your Instagram? Amen? This thing is going to send people to hell. Used to be people preached against the television. Uh, and I think that's a good idea. I wish it would be that easy. <laughs> right? I w- in fact, what was on television back then pales in comparison of what you could find accidentally on this. Is that right? And so we have to recognize that the thing that's going to save us is not some preacher telling us what you're supposed to do. We're going to have to develop the spirit of holiness that's inside of us that when nobody else is around, Jesus says, hey. That's good. Hey, what you doing? Right? <laughs> right? Amen. Everybody say, God help, us. God help us. Amen. Romans 8, this is my final verse. There is. Let's read it together. There is. Therefore. Read it together. Now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who... Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Read it with me. Who... Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord Jesus, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be honest with you and honest with ourselves. Help us, Lord Jesus, to have a humble heart and a submitted mind. That, Lord Jesus, Lord, if your word says it, God, we believe it whether we like it or not. Lord Jesus, if your word says it, Lord Jesus, it doesn't matter if it seems to be contrary to our our good common sense, Lord. Your word is true, and every man is a liar. I pray that in this day, from the youngest to the oldest, help us, O God, to worship you in the beauty of holiness. That, Lord Jesus, we, with an honest heart, Lord Jesus, would pray, God, help me to reflect your Holy Spirit, Lord, through the things I say, through the places that I go. Lord Jesus, from everything about me, Help me today to be a witness. And everybody said in Jesus' name.